Mic check. One, two, one, two. Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> We're the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting, your weekly source for podcast news, tips, and tricks. From production to promotion and everything in between. I'm John Luckenball. And I'm Matthew Stevens. Two podcast experts ready to help you every Wednesday. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. How are you doing today, John? New voice. <gasps> what? What's up, Matt? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, obviously, heard from the intro. Uh, and if you listened last week, you know that uh, Jay has moved on to some bigger and better things. Uh, and I am taking over for his spot as much as I possibly can. You, you can never fill Jay's shoes, um, but I'm going to do what I can. Excited to be here, John. This is, this is going to be a blast. This is going to be exciting, Matt. <laughs> I almost called you Jay. <laughs> now obviously if you are a listener to the podcast you are familiar with matt's voice as you've been on three times is it three or is it two i think three times now yeah and i've still yet to put out that chocolate chip cookie recipe oh. uh which i'm sure there's somebody in the audience right now that is waiting for it so um uh you know keep checking our instagram feed it'll eventually be there right yeah it's a pleasure to be here john i'm I'm excited to uh kind of jump into this with you and and start talking about uh podcasting and and the news the tips the tricks help people out there either understand the industry a little bit better and what some of the things mean for them as podcasters and also help them be able to improve their audio production improve their marketing efforts and and hopefully start monetizing some podcasts out there and uh, see you guys all, all kind of join us in the, the podcasting realm. This is going to be a lot of fun. Now, we went over your background when you are the guest the first time, but can you go over some of your highlights? I have been in the digital realm in some fashion for, oh, uh, quickly approaching two decades. I feel super old now. Whether through graphic design, owning my own company, production, website design and development marketing, writing for USA Today and, and various other high-level organizations, and then now joining here, queued up, uh, helping out with the content strategy and marketing for some of our clients, as well as for queued up. That's kind of the, the main beats of my, my background and my experience. So you're the one behind making all these podcast audiences grow. Exactly. I'm all <laughs> about growth. I'm all about writing, guys. That's awesome. Let's kick off our first episode together with some interesting Spotify news. They recently just announced their first quarter earnings, and while the financials are worthy of a discussion, I found some other interesting stats in there that I think might relate to podcasters just a little bit more. According to Spotify, they currently have 356 million monthly active users. Now, that's a bump up of 24% from this time last year and a 3% increase from last quarter. So that's some growth that I think is always exciting. We always talk about the podcast numbers. Seeing it from Spotify's side as well is always good. Now, what I found truly fascinating there is how many of Spotify's users pay for their service. We've talked about that a lot when it comes to subscribing, when it comes to the streaming services that are out there and what people are willing to pay for. 158 million people are premium subscribers. That means they give Spotify money every month, and I'm one of them, uh, mm. to be able to listen without ads. That's roughly about 44% of their total active monthly listeners pay them cash money for their service. So that kind of tells me that 
people don't really mind paying for that subscription service. It's interesting. When you hear about cable and television and those things, we're starting to see that head that direction as well, where people are buying individual subscriptions, whether that to be to HBO, mm-hmm. whether that be to Hulu or Disney Plus. Those things have been kind of the norm now for the last little while, Netflix as well. But when it comes to audio, you know, you, you haven't really seen, at least I didn't think that was the case. You haven't really seen a lot of that. Spotify having such a significant amount of their monthly active users paying them, I think it's uh, like a minimum of like $8 a month, I think is the last thing that I saw in my credit card statement, it is, is not insignificant there. And, and as they and Apple also announced their paid podcast subscriptions, you know, I think that's an important thing to highlight is that people aren't afraid of ponying up a few dollars for content that they enjoy. So when it comes to podcasters and maybe getting in the subscription model, it might not be quite as dire as I think a lot of people expected initially. I'll be interesting to see what the Apple numbers start to look like for their subscription services that they just launched. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I've never been super happy with Apple on, and and they do with this a little bit, but they're not always the most transparent about some of their numbers. Yeah. Which is not ideal when we're talking about things like that. Obviously, podcast industry insights, they have great stats they've kind of worked out on their end, but Apple would be probably wise to release some of those numbers and highlight some of that stuff. The fact that Spotify has, you know, hopefully we'll see over the next uh, you know quarter or two, Spotify will maybe start highlighting some of those paid podcast subscription numbers and we'll see you know what what the audience is for that more specifically and how many people either drop off of the paid premium subscription in order to pay the individual podcasters or how many people decide to either jump on that bandwagon or how many people kind of do both. That's going to be an interesting thing over the next handful of months as monetization really starts to come into podcasting as a whole. Yeah. The other thing that the Spotify quarterly report showed was that at the end of the quarter one, they had 2.6 million podcasts on their platform, which is up from more than 2.2 million podcasts at the end of quarter four. That's a lot of podcasts compared to podcast industry insights shows for Apple. It's more the podcast industry insights has them currently at 2.1 million podcasts on Apple. That's an interesting uh, thing there, John. Again, this is where maybe Apple releasing their numbers and being a little bit more direct about that would help maybe clear up some of that confusion. But it's also interesting to see, is it similar to what we've seen in Apple where maybe not all of those 2.1, 2.2 million uh, podcasts are actually active? Uh, what is the yeah. real number there? That will be something, again, that maybe Spotify, because they're a little bit more transparent with some of this stuff, will start to release uh, again as they start to get into some of the subscription model stuff. Again, the growth in podcasting is pretty clearly seen, and and it's going to make a huge difference, I think, when it comes to making money as a podcaster. I think all these numbers are a good sign, but a little bit more clarity from both Spotify and Apple is going to be needed. You say growth of podcasting. Now, that leads to the next story, which I found fascinating. The 2021 Tribeca Festival, for the first time, a major fest is welcoming podcasts into its lineup. And the Tribeca Festival announces podcast selections and special events for June 9th through 20th in New York. 
for those that follow film, the Tribeca Film Festival is kind of a big one. You know, it's it's like cans in that regard. It's important to filmmakers. So the fact that they're getting into podcasting as well as video games, which I think is another big one as well, you're starting to see, you know, some of the stuff become more mainstream. And and John, we've talked about it, you know, off mic that, you know, podcasting is still very much in its infancy as a medium, as an entertainment option, as we start to see things like award ceremonies and subscription models and monetization and large brands getting involved in that, that will help propel podcasting forward. And again, make it more mainstream. The more mainstream it is, that means the more independent podcasters are able to start earning money off of it, start earning some maybe a little bit more recognition off of their podcasts. And that's a great thing. This is an amazing medium. This is an amazing opportunity. As we start to see, again, more of these types of news stories, I'm, I'm super excited. Now, that being said is maybe you want to put your podcast in the Tribeca Podcast Festival. Go ahead and try that. And, and you know, uh, again, tell us how, how you want to get in there and what maybe you want to see these types of award ceremonies start to do in order to highlight podcasting as a medium. Hit us up on Instagram and Facebook about what you guys kind of want to see out of the Tribeca Podcast Festival and maybe what other award ceremonies and other things you want to see to help highlight podcasting as a medium and see it grow. So, Matt, one of the things we get asked a lot by our clients is growing your podcast audience. Everybody needs help with growing their audience. Now, there's several main things that we can touch on here. We can create a, a short series and go over some of these in more details, such as websites, email campaigns, and social media campaigns. Let's get into growing your podcast audience through websites. Yes, websites are a vital thing for podcasters. You know, again, the, the first half of this episode has been talking about how podcasts have been getting more attention and how they're becoming a little bit more mainstream. Part of that then comes to podcasters as a whole need to do a better job promoting themselves. And a website is one of the easiest, one of the cheapest ways to go about doing that. Uh, let's talk about some of the reasons why your podcast needs to have a website. First and foremost, it establishes your brand. Whenever we talk about podcasting, whenever we talk about anything, any type of medium, creating a brand for it. Uh, we've talked about audio brands, making sure that your audio is consistent, making sure that you have a consistent intro, you have a consistent outro, you have a consistent feel to things. Extending that brand over to your website ensures that you get to create and curate content that helps you establish that brand a little bit more with a website. Instead of leaving it to your hosting provider, your podcast hosting provider, Apple, Spotify, any number of, of your other platforms, it leaves you opportunities to look bad. By having your own website, it ensures that you get to put the message out the way that you want to have it specifically. So you're not reliant on Libsyn or Anchor or Red Circle or Spotify or Apple, which you know, has its own little issues with going down and, and some of those things. Uh, when they went over the subscription model, you get to ensure that your podcast looks and sounds and feels exactly the way that you want it in your own way. Another good reason for having your own website, Matt, is discoverability. And I know that's one of the things that podcasters struggle with the most. So 
the easier it is for potential listeners to find your content, the more likely they are to turn into new subscribers. And your website allows you to gain new traffic and new eyes on your podcast episodes. Yeah, John, we've always talked about being platform agnostic, being on Apple, being on Spotify, being on Stitcher, and and all of those is great. Why not have your own platform, your website, where you can put your player in there and ensure that, again, people that want to visit your website, that want to find you easily, can do so. Uh, The more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. The more players you have out there that you can control, the better off your podcast is going to be when it comes to being discovered. And that's it kind of goes back to our last episode with the the SEO show notes. So that's where we can put in all the SEO keyword research and everything to help that discoverability too. Exactly, exactly. And and that is a a prime example. We've talked about show notes. We've talked about SEO, the importance of, of SEO when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to that discoverability, when it comes to uh, dragging people in on, on familiar topics. One thing that frustrates me the most with clients and other podcasts that I see out there for that matter are people that rely on their hosting platform to do it for them. And don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> I totally appreciate it. It's a lot of work that goes into doing a website. It's, it, it, it is. However, we're doing all this work with SEO show notes. Hopefully you have keyword focused SEO show notes up there for your podcast. But what you're doing is by having them on, let's just say Libsyn, for instance, uh, their, their website builder that they have, what you're doing is you're telling all the people that are coming in to go to Libsyn. They're not going to you. Yeah. You're missing all of that traffic. You're missing that opportunity to further engage with those people instead of potentially attracting users to your podcast hosting provider, you should get that audience. That's why having your show notes on your own website make a ton of sense. And once you get them on your website, that comes to another point, which is once you get them in your ecosphere, you can increase the engagement by having additional items of content, right? Like your blogs, your social media channel links to to go and interact on social media, correct? Exactly. One of the things you know you mentioned earlier on, John, was email campaigns. It's hard to have an email campaign if you don't have anybody's email address. Getting them onto your website, you can go ahead and have them sign up for a newsletter, and there's a million different ways you can do that, but you'll, you'll capture their email address, which allows you to market to them a little bit further. You can create additional content. So you know, for this instance, we, we've got something on a website. We're going to have a blog post about why a website's important for your podcast on our blog at qd-up. Dot com. We're going to have that blog post there. So if you want to further digest what we're saying here, if you want to get into the nitty gritty, if you want to get into the details, you can. You're allowed to do that. We can also then push people to your social media channels. Maybe they don't know you have an Instagram. Maybe they don't know you have a Twitter account. That's another option for you as well. Furthermore, really, the thing that I think most podcasters care about is how can I make that money? It opens your listeners to additional advertising opportunities. Getting them on your website, and we'll talk about this here in just a little bit, you can advertise that to them in a different way, makes you a little bit more attractive to potential advertisers. And another cool thing is once you get them on to your website, they have access to your entire back catalog also. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we've all heard those horror stories where things maybe disappear, the show notes go away, your hard drive crashes, something along those lines. Having them on your website ensures that you kind of always have a backup. So if that ever happens, you can always go back and, and now you have access to your show notes. You have access to the links 
that you had previously. You have your catalog maybe a little bit easier at hand for yourself as a podcaster and then for your listeners. We can reference our SEO show notes here, but then in our show notes, we can actually go ahead and direct you back to that episode, which was last week's episode, uh, for instance, a little bit easier that way. So again, it's just the more that you can engage with your audience, the better off it is getting them onto your website allows you to engage with your audience a little bit more. Getting them onto your website would also allow you to track your KPIs and have better analytics, right? Then relying on a hosting platform's download numbers, you can get more precise numbers to to find your audience. Yeah, exactly. You know, we we've always talked about the statistics with podcasts and how maybe each platform is not created equal. Uh, even those that all kind of use a standardized way of measuring those stats, you'll even see some differences in there for that matter. So getting them onto your website, not a perfect thing. You're not going to get a one-to-one conversion, uh, at least you shouldn't, but you'll be able to see a large chunk of your subscribers, a large chunk of your listeners. You know, where are they coming from? And this is something, John, that we've discussed previously with clients as well, that hosting platforms for your your podcast, again, whatever one you use, doesn't give you the information of how did that person get to that podcast? How did they find it? Then we're talking about discoverability. That's always a key. I want to know, did they come from that blog post? Did they come from that social media post? Did someone else reference our podcast? And that's where they're coming from. I need to know that information from a marketing perspective to be able to put more time, money, effort into the things that work. If we're getting an influx of of listeners on this episode, for instance, because it's in a blog post uh, by somebody else who who uh, referenced our episode here, I want to know that so that way I can reach out to them and say, hey, we've got another episode that I think you would like. Or I can reach out to other blogs and go, hey, guys, you know, we have some interesting content for you that I think would be interesting for your listeners. It's great cross promotion or a social media post. That's great. You know, if, if 40% of our listeners come from our social media posts, well, then fantastic. We probably should do more social media posts. Not knowing that is a handicap when it comes to marketing. And unfortunately, I, I don't think I've seen a, a podcast hosting provider give those level of analytics. And I don't know how easy that's going to be, whether through podcasting 2.0 or whether we see some changes in Spotify or Apple that maybe start to to do some of those things. But that granularity with those KPIs, with those analytics, with those metrics is super, super important for your marketing efforts down the line. Now that you know where people are coming from, you can better hit up advertisers. So your advertisers are going to want to know, well, what are your demographics? Are they male? Are they female? What's the age range? What part of the country are they coming from? What types of things are they interested in? By having better analytics, you can guide some of those things. And a website, now further, as we talked about before, furthers your ability to advertise. Now, you can do ads within your podcast. That's certainly a way to do it. But money and, and, and the ads are just starting to kind of come into podcasting, at least for independent podcasters now, unless you're a part of a network or you're you know, a celebrity that can maybe garner some of those things. One of the best ways that you can advertise and, and monetize your podcast is through banner ads on your website, through simple things like that, AdWords, sponsorship deals in which you mention it in your show notes or you put links in that way. It might be small potatoes comparatively to 
maybe large brands are doing when you hear a Dawn ad in the middle of your podcast or a, or a Toyota ad in the middle of your podcast, but it is an opportunity for you to make a few dollars, a few cents yeah. by doing it that way. And again, if I can say, hey, we've got a thousand listeners, uh, we have a thousand subscribers per episode, but I have 500 people per day coming to my website. Well, that's something I can sell a lot easier to an advertiser who is maybe a little bit shaky about jumping into podcasting, uh, whether that be local ads, you know, a local restaurant that maybe wants to get on there if you're doing something locally or a brand that fits within your topics, within your niche. I think that is uh, a great way to do it is by putting them on your website. If you're a brand, you can create a successful funnel using your podcast as the as like the top level and then your website. Exactly. That's something we do for some of our clients that are using podcasting as a marketing tool. Um, that's not every podcast, of course, but for those that are you know, using it to attract new listeners, you should be putting them on your website. If you're not, then you have a break in that funnel. It's not a very good sales funnel uh, is, is the issue there. So again, we see this quite often with brands that aren't entirely sure how to utilize marketing properly. And they come to us. And that's one of the first things we say is get it on your website. You're missing all that traffic. You're making it harder for people to buy things from you, whether your service, whether uh, merchandise, whatever you're selling, you're missing those opportunities by creating an additional step in that sales funnel. And you know, from a marketing perspective, this is one thing I will always preach. Make it easy on your users. Make it easy on your audience. The second they have to click somewhere else, to get to you, they're not going to do it, period. I wouldn't do it. And I like you. That's a huge bonus for websites if you are a brand that has a very clear ROI on your podcast that are using it as a marketing directive. Having a website for your podcast also kind of sets you apart from the rest of the field. It kind of makes you look a little bit more professional. Exactly. Again, we're talking about podcasts being in its infancy. and and. You know, I think if you were to go through a lot of the podcasts that you probably listen to on a regular basis, try to go back and see if they have a website, I'd be willing to bet a large chunk don't. Now, you may have never gone and seen that. Uh, you may have never attempted so, but there are a lot of people who do want to do that. And by having a website up there, it makes you look more official. If you're competing against another podcast in a similar market and they don't have a website and you do, well, which one of you looks more official? Which one of you looks like more of an expert? Which one of you looks like you're actually going to stick around a little bit longer? Is it the person that hasn't invested in their brand, has not invested in their their website? Or is it the podcast who has their show notes, who has additional blog content, who has calls to action, who has the player on the website? That's probably the one that you're going to you're going to stick with maybe long term if that's something that you're interested in doing is is looking at their website and and diving into further uh, more of their content. One of the final things it does is provides more value to your listeners. Again, that's one thing that we've harped on throughout this entire episode is being able to bring them into your ecosphere, being able to continue to engage with them. It provides more value to your listeners by being able to go onto your website, see your show notes, click on the links instead of having to search around for what you said in your podcast. It again, provides more content opportunities uh, we discussed it here. We're going to have a blog post about the reasons why you should have a website for your podcast. You're going to want to click over there to get all the the detailed information that we couldn't include in such a short form podcast here. We're able to get into, again, those details that I think are, are, are necessary there that 
hopefully you as an audience want to learn about. The easier it is for your listeners to dive further into your podcast, to further engage with you, the more likely they are to do it, which means they're going to be more likely to become subscribers. They're more likely to listen to every episode. They're more likely to tell their friends about your, your podcast and what your topics are, which in turn increases your discoverability. And grows your audience. Exactly. And that's, that's the name of the game with podcasting. I mean, that's, that's why you're listening, undoubtedly. Uh, it's not for my smooth, sultry voice. It's probably to increase your audience, to, to take your, your podcast from you know, 10 listeners to 100 listeners, from 100 yes. listeners to 1,000 listeners. That's what you're trying to do. That's the way to go ahead and do it. So Matt, if someone's interested in building a website for the podcast, do you have any overall advice for them, what to look for or where to go? For sure. Yeah. It, you don't have to be a developer to create your own website nowadays. Um, there are a bunch of different platforms out there that will allow you to drag and drop to create your own website. Uh, in addition to that, there are content management systems, Joomla, Drupal, uh, WordPress is the one that's probably the best known at this point that will allow you to create a website relatively easily, either through templates or through drag and drop editors. And templates aren't that bad anymore, right? We've already talked about that, where you no longer have five templates to choose from. There's thousands, yes. millions of templates, so you're not going to look like everyone else's website. Yes, there are issues with templates for sure. But for those people looking maybe to get into it initially that want to have a lower cost, want to have a little bit easier way of doing it, a template is a great way to do it. And there are a million sites out there that have templates for different content management systems. And again, if you're on a, a site like Wix or Squarespace, they also have templates in there as well that you're able to do. Or if you want something maybe a little bit more custom, and there is definitely a reason to have a more custom solution. We mentioned with the advertising, we mentioned with the ability to curate your content a little bit easier. You should probably hit up an agency like Queued Up. We can go ahead and create a good website for you that does all the things that you want it to do without you having to learn HTML and CSS and JavaScript and, and all of those things and become a graphic designer. You know, if you're not terribly tech savvy, if you are concerned about those abilities or the ability to do it properly, there's no shame in reaching out to an agency like ours to maybe get a little bit more insight to have us help you out with branding your podcast in that way. We do that for, for a bunch of clients that have been thrilled with the results. If people want to try to get into this before they reach out to us, what kind of costs are there to getting into this and what kind of time commitment might you, might you see in building your website? Well, those are the two things that are always important. Time is money. While you can find templates for, you know, 40, $50, I think relatively easily, or again, you go through like a Squarespace or something that charges you a handful of dollars every month. Those are kind of some of the easy costs to do. But one of the important things is you got to populate it with your own content. Um, using a template will only get you so far. You need to be able to do all of those things yourself. And that takes time on average. If you want to do it properly, you know, 10 hours or so per page is a pretty good baseline, especially if you're not terribly familiar, you're going to want to type things up. You're going to want to read it. You're going to want to send it in front of your friends and family to maybe get their thoughts on it and tweak things. Um, so yeah, you know, if you have a homepage an about page, a contact page, your podcast overview page and a podcast individual episode page, that's five pages. You're looking at about 50 or so hours 
to do that. So it takes time, it takes effort, it takes money in some cases, and that's not something that everyone can do. So again, if you don't have that time, if you don't have the expertise to do it, contact Queued Up. We, we got you. We'll put those hours in. We'll make sure it's snazzy. Uh, <laughs> snazzy. I, I'm 74 years old. <laughs> we'll make sure it's snazzy and we'll make sure that it, it, again, it does all the things that you need it to do without you having to spend uh, an entire work week trying to create your own website, getting frustrated and hiring us anyway. And it'll come with your Nana sweater, right? Absolutely. And chocolate chip cookie recipes. <laughs> Wonderful. So yeah, there are a ton of options that you can do out there. If you want to create your own website, it depends on how you want to do it. It depends on what time you have. It depends on what money you have. Uh, but there are solutions out there to do it. There's no reason. It's 2021, guys. Uh, there's no reason you don't have a website for your podcast at this point. You should. It's easy enough to do on your own. And if it's not easy enough to do on your own, if it's something that concerns you or frightens you or you start in on it and it just, you, you can admit that it sucks. That's what queued up is here for. We'll help you out. Well, Matt, episode one for you, episode 30 for us is in the books. How do you feel? I feel pretty good. It's, it's nice to get on the mic and, and help these folks out. And uh, it's always a pleasure, John, sitting with you over Zoom as we record these podcasts and, and, and again, just help people out. So, John, we talked about websites. We talked about Spotify's earnings. We talked about the Tribeca Podcast Festival that's going to be coming up. If people want a website or if they just want to reach out to us and, and get to know us a little bit better, how can they do that? You can reach us through our website, which is queuedup.com, qd-up.com, through our email, which is info at queuedup.com. Or our social media. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Again, just search queued up, Q-D-U-P. You can comment on any of our posts or you can send us a DM. Those are always open and we are always happy to help. For John, I'm Matt. This has been the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting. We appreciate you listening and come back next week where we're going to be talking about email newsletter campaigns and how they can help your podcast.